And one of my favorite jobs that I did, I was a ring announcer for shoot boxing. I want to welcome our next guest, Alex Easley. I've known him for a long time. The man has been in Japan for quite a while, and I'm going to find out exactly how long. I can't tell you. He's going to have to tell you that. So let's welcome our guest, Alex. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for inviting me to this pod. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. And I just want to thank you for inviting me so yeah. the world can get to know me. That's true. <laughs> how long have you been here? Wow. I don't want to say exactly, but let's you know say, say? Okay. <laughs> more than 30 years. More than 30 years. You more know how long I've been years. here? Uh, I know, probably as long as me, but you you, you could say it. I'm in the entertainment okay. business. Oh, I'll age myself. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that in the entertainment business. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard. People say, oh, they don't want that old man. <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> yes, it's difficult in the entertainment business when you get over a certain age. Uh, well, we can't hire that old man as a dancer. Uh, okay. Well, let's take like all that. let's take all this out of there. I know that's fine. That's fine. You think that's so? fine. Yeah. I want people to know how it is in this business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you think so? Okay. Yes. Well, I, so I, didn't, I didn't realize that. If you're over fifty, then the jobs come less and less, and sixty, they're even less. And if you're over seventy, well, just forget about it. Uh, so that's the way it is in this music business, entertainment business. Okay. Yes. When you, where were you born? I was born in a, well, let me say Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because it's actually a town called Homestead, Pennsylvania. And Don't we have an Air Force base there? I know that's in Florida. In Florida, Homestead, Florida. Homestead, Florida. Okay. Uh, Homestead, uh, Pennsylvania was Steeltown, USA. Okay. And it had the biggest steel mills and everything probably in the world. But then um, things happened and the mills got old and run down. So now there's just one steel mill left. Mm. But it's become a computer town. Has it really? Uh, so there's internet things and young people have moved in and my hometown has completely changed. It's Did you have siblings? Did you have siblings? Yes, I have uh, eight. We're eight altogether, including myself. There's four number girls you? and four boys, so I'm oh. number five. You're number five, so I'm you came. Five. So who's above you? Um, I have uh, three sisters and one brother above me. Okay, and yes. then, then the rest are... And the rest is uh, um, two three. brothers below me and one sister below and me, one sister. yes. Are they all doing okay? Well, five of us are still alive, praise okay. God. All yeah. Right. So, right. But everybody's getting old, so that's life. Mom and dad? Mom and dad, yeah, passed away years, years, years okay. ago. Oh. But uh, we had a long life. We can't complain. We were blessed. That's good, uh, aren't we? Place to eat food on the table, clothes on our backs. We That's had good. everything. Yeah. We didn't realize at that time that we were millionaires, but once I started traveling the world, I realized that we were millionaires. Tell me what you were like when you were a little kid. When you were going through school, were you more academic or were you more sports-minded? I'm the elementary school. Right. I've never did any sports, to be truthful. I was mostly involved with singing and be truthful. I didn't start dancing until like I was 17 because everybody would laugh at me when I was dancing. I would try to dance and do this. And then finally I watched other people dance and I just copied them. And so when I was in um, the last year of high school, I uh, started to learn how to dance better. And I was on a TV show. That's one of, one of the first TV shows I started to do. It was a dance show in Pittsburgh. And I won the contest. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Yes, yeah, so 
And I said, oh, I can do this. And I always sung since I was like six or seven years old, of course, in the church, mm -hmm. and did weddings and funerals and events and you things like that. You did all like that before you were 17? Yes, I did all that. I sung at funerals and weddings when I was like 10 years old. Okay, What'd your father, what kind of work did your father do? My father worked for Seal Test Ice Cream Company. Okay. And also oh, he I had his... Seal Test, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He worked for that company and also he had his own small business wallpapering. Okay. So he'd come home from Seal Test, get his tools and do the wallpapering. So he was 24-7 work. Did work. your mother and father stay together the whole time? Yes, yes, yes. They did. Until did they really back. push religion? They didn't push religion. Up? We did, how to say, if we wanted to go to the church, we went. If we didn't, they would say, get up and go to church. Mm -hmm. So something like that. No, they wouldn't do that. So With there being so many of you, having so many siblings, were you guys really close? Or did you have favorites <laughs> among your siblings that you were closer um, to? Basically, probably the age, because my older brother is much older than me. How much is much older? Um, probably like six or seven years older. So I was closer to my brother that was next to me. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and then the younger ones were younger, so we were closer to them. But yeah. like we're all basically family group. Right. And your yeah, sisters? So. Were you pretty close? Your with sisters, them? yeah, they're close to each other, talking, 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 right, talking. Right. <laughs> oh, so you guys so. kind of separated. Like the boys would stay with the boys, the girls stay with the girls. Basically, yeah, okay. basically that, right. like that. And so. your mother stayed at home most of the time and took care of the kids um, until we reached a certain age, and then she was working. She was out okay. working because my sisters. Uh, I started university, mm -hmm. and so they needed extra money for the university funds, so she would start working then. She started working then. Okay. Yes. So after you finished, so you, I, I'm assuming that, of course, music and and probably the arts and stuff were your right, favorite right, subjects. Right. Yes, basically, basically. Okay. And also history and geography. What kind of history did you like? Um, at that time, it was mostly European history. Right, that's and all we got. Yeah, right. so it was basically European history and wars that's going on in history and geography. I was interested in all the countries around the world, saying, oh, one day I'd like to go there, one day I would like to be there and see this and see that. So it was very interesting for me. Did you, did you guys get to go on any, I mean, your father working all the time, and I kind of know what it would be like. Right, especially with eight kids. Right, so you didn't travel at all, or did you ever get to travel? Where was your father from? Uh, my father was from Pittsburgh, Homestead, Pennsylvania. And your mother? Yes. Mother, we, we lived with our grandmother and grandfather. So what about your mother, was she the same? My girl? mother's from North Carolina. North Carolina? Yeah, North so Carolina. So did you ever go to visit? Uh, I've never been to North Carolina. The North Carolina people used to always come to Pittsburgh. Okay, because that's <laughs> so where my family's from, together. on my mother's ah, side. Okay. So we're probably related. Yeah, never know, never you know. know. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, you never we're, know. We're in North Carolina. Her last name is Wall. But we're so in North Carolina. So it's uh, Norfolk. Okay, we were North from Fort. Shelby. Ah, okay. Shelby, Charlotte yeah. and Shelby. Norfolk, Those yeah. Areas. It's around that's that area. <laughs> and then, um, actually, my, we lived with our grandmother and step-grandfather. Is this, we now, young. your grandmother was your mother's mother? Uh, my father's mother. Your father's mother. Yes. Okay. And we lived with them, and, but, but it was a step-grandfather because my real grandfather passed away long before I was born, and he was uh, from uh, India. He was from, actually from India, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so what, about your, what about your real grandfather? You mean you're saying that was your real grandfather? That's a real grandfather <coughs> from India. So you have Indian blood? Yes, I have Indian blood, yes. Okay. Uh, real oh. grandfather's from India. Then my grandmother remarried. And I knew my step-grandfather until he passed away. 
Okay. So he was uh, just a regular African American man. Right. So just a regular. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. He didn't have regular. any Indian blood in him. He no. didn't have all this. this is <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but that's really yeah. interesting. And I can see it in you too. Mm. Yes, yeah, you can see in yourself. Now I can yes. see the Indian yes. in you. Once you said that, I'm like, okie dokie, there you go. Yes. Yes. But, you know, we Americans are all because your your anyway. nose, bri the bridge of your nose. Right. That's right, it. Right. Really, the way your eyes are set. Yes. Very Indian. Right. So. And we Do you see that throughout your other siblings too? Yes, especially my older sister, because she looked like she just came from India. India, <laughs> yes. So that must have been so. interesting for you as a kid growing up, because other kids could see, but they don't see well, anything. No, no we that's all they know. They only know what they know. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it. No, so. Yeah, my uh, cousin, he used to always tell us, because he knew. Because he was older than us, okay. and he knew the man. He, so met, he, he, met, he knew your grandfather. Yes, he knew the grandfather. He would always talk about him and tell us about that. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so we knew the history, but we really never told. Because uh, it, yeah, so grandpa's in India. Yeah, big deal. It was like, oh, it's nice to hear it, but it wasn't something we would go talk to our friends Friend about. about it. Right. Well, yeah. people, <laughs> India wasn't something we really talked about at all anyway. Right, now, right, right. Indians. At that time, American yes, Indians, American Indian. something you talk yes. about. Yes. Because we had yes. access to that. Right, we had, that. yes. Right, that's it. So you're 17 years old, you finally start to learn how to dance. Right. But you'd been performing at weddings. Weddings, singing at weddings and, and, funerals, and funerals. And even some small clubs. <laughs> at 17? Uh, well, this is yeah. like maybe 16, 17, 16. yes. <laughs> and really, did you but belong to it wasn't to, every day. It did you belong like, to a group? Yes. Well, actually, it was just a piano player and guitar player. Do you time. play any instruments? Yes. No. I've been practicing okay. piano for years, but can't play. <laughs> okay, but you can sing. Yes. I know that because yeah. I've heard you. From like heard six years old, seven years old, of course, in the church, yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> when did you do, what was, you can tell me your age you were when you came to Japan. Uh, I was uh, 20, I think 25 or 26, something Why? like that. I was uh, working in a boutique fashion boutique in New York, okay. and one of the girls who worked with me, she had been to Japan, and she's a songwriter, and she was working at boutique too, and there was a Japanese group called um, Tokyo Kid Brothers, and they had just finished a production on Broadway called Golden Bat, and so the Japanese uh, director, not direct, well, producer, songwriter, he was staying in New York, and though they together made a musical called Tokyo Diary. And she knew I was a singer and performing, so she asked me to come audition for the musical. And it was off-off-Broadway, of course. And so I auditioned for the musical and got it. And we did the performance. And at that time, Kansai Yamamoto, fashion designer, he wasn't as famous at that time. Uh, he, was, uh, he did the costume designer for the um, group. And so, it just fell together. At that time, videos had just come out. Okay. This was like in the 70s. And so it was videotaped, and Kansai was just opening a new boutique in Harajuku. And the record company wanted the Shimoda Itsuro, as his singer, wanted him to do an album. And so they decided to bring me and another girl and a songwriter over to Japan to record with Shimoda Itsuro and to open uh, Kansai Yamamoto's boutique and to just to advertise things for him. Okay. So it all happened within about two or three weeks. The girl told me, well, they liked the video from the musical. You might be going to Japan, just get your passport ready. I said, oh, okay. Had you ever traveled prior to that? 
Yes, I've been to uh, Jamaica and I've been to the Bahamas, but at that time you didn't need a passport because it was okay. passport free for people. Okay. Why did you decide to go to those areas? Just um, actually, my church in New York, they organized a trip to Jamaica <laughs> when I was living in New York. Actually, I went from Pittsburgh to New York and uh, they organized a trip to Jamaica and I went there for like it was a 10 day trip. It was very cheap, so went there for what 10 days. What was it like for you? What was it like for oh, you? Oh, it was what great. It was great. It was great. Just to hear the music and the atmosphere and just to be in another country for the first time. For the time. first time. For the first time. How old were you when you went? Um, I must have been like 20 or 21, something like that. Okay. Yes. So, so had you, did you go to college from high school? No, no, no. Okay, I sure. went to a uh, disc jockey what is it, a, a, a training school. A training school. Yeah, to learn how to be a disc jockey. Okay. Yes. Right. And at that time, records. it was doing records right. and working the studio all by right. yourself. Right. I went there for six months. People think that's easy. Oh. You know what I mean? But don't <laughs> they? Because anything that someone's good at, people think it doesn't take. I tried it one time oh, here. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. And to be, and to sync it together and to be ready for the next. And you don't, you can't stop. You can't, especially at that you time. You can't have dead air. No, no. especially at that and time. It's no. Hard. I'm yes. Telling, even now, to know which dials and to turn it uh, in just right. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I really admire yes. that when I see people that so. are good at whatever their trade is. Mm. Yeah, I went and did that and then went to New York because I knew I wanted to do musicals and Broadway things. So. And did yeah. you? Yes, off-Broadway. Off I did many different things. But this was the biggest thing that happened coming to Japan. So how yes. long were you here when you came? Um, I was here for um, when we first did the recording and everything, I guess that lasted about a year and a half. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. But you're not, wait, that's, that's not a tourist visa. So you're here on a working visa or something. No comment. Okay, all right, no comment. All right, anyway. No comment. But you came here, the first time you came here, you stayed for a year? It was a year and a half, yeah. Did you have to leave or anything? Yeah, you had to leave every six months. Okay, so that's, yes. I hear what you're saying. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I Who did? Yeah, at days. that time. You went to Korea, you said, boom, no go over there, come right back to Hong Kong. That's right, no. Yeah, you that's had no big months. deal. Yeah. Shoot, I did that for several years. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Tell me, for several years. You knew six months, club. I meant to go up yes. there. Yeah, so much of the people at immigration knew you. They knew what you're doing. Yes, at that time, they did. People, they so did. Was, they knew who you were. They knew you were going out. This year in Hong Kong, sometimes I'd have a flip around. Yes. I'd go there, come to the airport, wouldn't even get up to the airport, come right back just to get yeah. that stamp. So, so when you came here, what was your impression when you first came here? And did you come into Tokyo? Yes, I came into Tokyo. So you weren't one of those Osaka guys? No, no, no. Nagoya, no it was right here like in that. Tokyo because everything was here in Tokyo. It was just everything seemed so small. Okay. Tell me, I, you, tell me what you focused on. I focused oh, on using the trucks and the cars, <laughs> the basically, I, and the then bumping my head every time I went through any door. <laughs> if you're in a tatami mat room. Oh, and I was in a tatami mat room. The, the room that my apartment I had. And just think, I lived there for a little while. I'd get up and always forget for some reason, <laughs> boop, it always caught me right here. Exactly. I Same felt like thing. I was going to look like a unicorn when I <laughs> Until finally it became automatic and you ducked right, you duck. without you just, you even gotta, knowing it. Yeah, right. automatically. Yes, right. that was it. Right. But it's me getting in some of the cars were so small and cramped. Yeah, and just seeing the trucks, I said, how could those trucks be so small? Because in Pittsburgh, Steeltown, you saw these huge trucks. 16 wheelers. Yes, yes, no yes. No joke. 
Yes, at that time. So That's the thing that I thought my, about, too. My impression, yeah. The way that I give it, Alex, is the impression I give, because I came here in the Air Force. Right. And I remember flying in mm. to go to Air Force Base mm. and looking down and seeing these itty-bitty trucks and cars, uh, and when we landed, they were still itty-bitty <laughs> trucks and cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it was because of the height. Right, because you were probably used to the big trucks. Right, yeah. I was used to that in California. Anyway, well, in the states, you don't have itty bitty trucks. Yes, yes. If it you it have is. an eighteen wheeler, it's an eighteen wheeler. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. But I realized that the streets were so small, and those trucks at that time. It's and they had to be narrow. Had to be narrow. Had to get down those streets. But they accomplished everything they needed to accomplish. Because look at what they yes. built. Oh, incredible. So what else impressed you when you came here at the beginning? Because um, st you stayed for a year, so what were the things that started right. to happen to you? Uh, well, at that time, too, I started to get some modeling work. So a fashion agency recruited me, and I started doing modeling work. My face was up like that. <laughs> now it's down. And I started doing a lot of modeling work, especially with Kansai, since we were at Kansai Yomoto, and he put me in his fashion show. So after doing his fashion show, other companies asked me to do their fashion shows, too. So that was very one foot into the fashion business. And there was good pay, wasn't it? It was very, very, very good pay. Because it's before time. the bubble and they were giving you before the bubble. Money it was very, very set. good money. It's like a hundred fifty thousand yen for a modeling a fashion show. And that's when the industry yeah. you know, the cheap industry. money was when you did magazines and right, stuff. Right, that was right, like right. ten thousand or fifteen thousand. Right. But that would like be that. a quick shoot. <laughs> that's a quick shoot. And then uh, T V commercials and I had billboards uh, Didn't you did a couple of TV commercials? I did s quite, quite, quite a few. Were you getting a million a in for that, or uh, something like that? Right. Something like that. Because I believe I think like that's that. how they did yeah. it at that time. You're right. Mm. If it were their photos, right? You said like you're right. Yes. Ten, twenty thousand. Yes. If yes. it was a fashion show, you mm. got Juman, uh, yeah. Juman. Yes, something like but that. But if you did yeah. video commercial, it was you big get money. a million. Right. You yes, get five hundred thousand on up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It depends so, on the company. That's right. And what yeah. the commercial was, you know. Right. Yeah. So it was very good at that time. I was spoiled. And you know what else, too? You didn't have, the Japanese couldn't get in, they couldn't get military people so easily. No. And then you couldn't you know, be dependable because could something be, could happen. You right. Get and they'd be taking money. Right. Exactly. Yes, yes. But now they do, and it's ruined. The, I think it's kind of messed up the market. Uh, well, I would do in the music business. I used a lot of uh, for singers when they wanted a choir. Okay. I worked with a lot of military people, and then the keyboard player. It was different because his wife was in the military, so he was free. Oh, he was to free do to do whatever he wanted. Whatever he wanted. And I worked with him for years. So, in a way, I guess it might mess up some part of the business, but in another way, it helped me in many ways right. too. But you know how to you know how to navigate it. But yes, I'm saying yes, for the yes. Japanese, they couldn't. Uh, no, no. So it'd be mm -hmm. very difficult for them. And I know a lot of the people, they asked the military people to do it, but they didn't show up. Okay. Or they weren't professional, so they didn't get there on time. So they learned. <laughs> Tell me, what were some of the most in interesting things that happened to you while you were here? Some of the most mm -hmm. interesting people you met wow. during your journey here <laughs> in Japan? Do you just rattle them off, they come off the top of your head and think about it? I guess a lot of the uh, fashion designers and the singers, Japanese singers that I work with, um, Joe ya Yamamoto, Joe Yamamoto, uh, who um, did Ningen no Shomei, one of the movies that I performed in. I played his father in the movie. And Is he still around? No, no, no. He died of he cancer did. maybe five, six years but ago. But wasn't Joey half black? He had yes. I his knew it. That's black. right. Yes, his father was black. He yes. couldn't speak English, though. 
Uh, he Very, learned just a slowly, little bit, a slowly. Little bit. He, he learned Julia slowly. Robert, that's right. Yeah. I, he learned. He learned to speak English. When I first met him, he couldn't hardly speak. But then over the years, he studied. He learned. Did how you to ever speak work English. with Bill? Um, he did a lot of the Bug movie. Uh, I worked with Bill, Bill Dorsey. Um, Dorsey, yes, all the time, all the time, and he's he's one of the people that helped me <laughs> with the TV he, jobs. He helped everybody. Anybody? Oh, he helped so many people. It was so many jobs, so many jobs, really yeah. things. Uh, he was like, yeah, I need you this idea all the time. The movie jobs. And he was uh, the head guy for I forget the name of the company he worked for, but he would be calling entertainers, foreign entertainers for jobs. He was a and good man. Yes, yes, yes. He was yeah. a good man. He really helped so, the people. Like that. He asked uh, me a so couple of times, but that wasn't my I was feel, yeah. That wasn't was my field. field. But he asked me yeah, a couple of times. He helped so many, things. so many. He yeah. really did. And yeah. like you said, it's good money. Oh. Very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good money. And he didn't he wasn't the kind of guy I've met some people. You can have good and bad people in any field. So we won't even go yes. there. But I just want to say for Bill Dorsey, he was a good man, and he really mm, tried yeah. to help people of color here. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm one no who can testify right now that he, he helped really me was. a lot, wow. a lot, and showed me many things that I need to do and not to do in this business, which is really right. helpful. He was a, he'd school you right away. Really, really helpful. You didn't have to ask for that. He'd tell <laughs> let you know right away. And I'm still using his technique and using his advice these days. It's still, it's right? still good. Yeah, still oh. good. Yeah. So what are some of the other things that you went through while you were being here? And what keeps you in Japan? Um, in America, everybody said, if you're working and doing the kind of work you like, stay there. Oh, stay there. So that's one that. of the things, as simple as that. So I'm in the entertainment business. I'm, one of my favorite jobs that I did, I was a ring announcer for shoot boxing. A martial arts got shoot boxing. It's a mixture of... Uh, kickboxing and wrestling together. So I never in my wildest dream that I think I'd be a ring announcer for shoot boxing. And I did that for 25 years in Karakuen Hall. It was one of my favorite jobs. Because <laughs> I love martial arts, uh, just watching when Bruce Lee was one of my favorite uh, actors, and I love that. So. But you never practiced martial arts? No, I never okay. did it. Never but you like watching it. it? I like watching it, okay. yeah. All martial arts, everything. So that was one of my favorite, just to interact with the boxers and the kickboxers and the shoot boxers and met many of the famous fighters in Japan. So that was one of my, I was like a, uh, like a groupie. <laughs> Following them around. So. Yes, Because yes, you had yes. to, it was your job, you had to announce yeah, them. Yeah, that was my job, I had to and announce them. And you needed to get to know them too. Yeah, and you needed to get to difference. know them, yeah. Right. So, and then the ones that were in the shoot boxing gym, I knew them because everybody would, after the event, have dinner or something mm -hmm. together. And then traveled all over Japan because they had events all over Japan. Was that choreographed or did, were they really fighting each other? They were really fighting. It was so a real fight. Not, and okay. That's why um, um, Tiger Mask from uh, wrestling and yeah. Caesar Takeshi from kickboxing, they got it together because they wanted a real event. Right. Not something that's yes. choreographed, like wrestling's choreographed. Yeah, choreographed. No, right. this is real. Okay. I can tell you it's real because I went to the hospital with some of those guys after the fight. I can imagine. So it's definitely for real, definitely for real. Yes. yes. So, oh. and that's what they wanted, something real. And so first they got together and called it, um, Tiger Mask from wrestling, he called it shooting. And then Caesar shoot boxing. So it was together at one time, but then it kind of separated. And the shooting is more wrestling and kickboxing together and the kickboxing is more kickboxing and a few of the wrestling mixed in so it it's pretty it's pretty big it's not as big as like wrestling now but it's been going on i guess now about 
30, 35 years. That's right. Are you still yes. doing any of the announcing for that? No, no. It, they changed their production company about eight, seven, eight years ago. Okay, so not long. Yeah. And you were doing it up till then? <laughs> yes. Actually, I was with them at the beginning since when they first started because I was like the halftime entertainment. What would you do for entertainment? I was like a DJ for them. Okay. I was playing records and playing songs until it maybe for about for the first three years. How big of the crowd? How big of a crowd would they? Um, the Crockford Hall is full. Usually, it, I guess it holds about two thousand people or something like that. So you'd be so playing to two thousand people. Yes, it'd be playing two thousand people. Yes. <laughs> so, but after a while, you just got used to but it. But do you ever so. have? Did you? What do you recall the times when you had a case of nerves, or do you still have a case of nerves sometimes when you get in front of people? The only What's time the I remember having a case of nerves is when the NBA team came here and played uh, in Japan, and I was singing the national anthem. And I never sung the national anthem before, and I said, "Uh oh, I better not forget those words." <laughs> this has been years, years, years ago. And that was the only time I felt oh, really nervous. Any other time in my life, I never felt really nerves or anything like that. Just, you yeah. just have a gift for it. Yeah, so just because I've been doing it since childhood, since so it childhood, just comes right. naturally. So, but oh. this is like an international event that broadcast all over the world. And yes. you're thinking about who's going to see this that I <laughs> yes. know, and they're going to see know. me. And Yes, Did you do yes, okay? Yes. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was okay. fine. It turned out really good because I kind of like kind of cheated. I had some of the words on my hands like this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you really? Yeah. <laughs> but I might the person I that that's I might good. That's forget. That's a good one. So. <laughs> I know and you did it this way. Yeah, I got that from doing weddings because seeing at weddings, I put the groom and the bride's name on my hands. She said so. Takako and he Yes, because <laughs> I usually include their songs in the weddings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the names on my hand, so they say, oh, they remember my name. <laughs> Sometimes I do remember and don't need it on my hands. So next time we know, next time you see, next time you see Alex singing and he's going like this and he starts saying something, you know, somebody's hand, is, you know, somebody's name is on his hand. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, a neat technique. Yes, yes, yes. So that's really good. Mm. What are some of the things that can that can happen or kind of mess up a performance when you're going in? What are some of the things that you you dread having happen? Wow. <laughs> Let me see. And how do you deal with it? Probably um, on stage if the electricity goes out or somebody doesn't show up that you need to play. Or you arrive at that time they had the MDs. You arrive and the place doesn't have an MD player. <laughs> they have a, a something else or something like that. How do you deal you with out. it? Would you deal with it? Let's uh, say the MD case. There's no player. Yes. So most of the time we would have to find some place to, that rented. Okay. Near there or somewhere like if it's a department store, shopping center where we used to do all the time some place that had a rental place or something like that and try to look for it and find it. In the end, we even might have had to buy a uh, small cassette Would that come out of your player. fee? Would that come out of your fee or would that be charged to the person ah, bringing it? To be truthful, I can't even remember. Okay. It's but been so long once. ago, okay. so long ago. Huh? So yeah, what will we find like you that. doing these days, Alex? These days, because of Corona, it destroyed mostly all the entertainment work because the clubs and the weddings basically completely stopped. And they haven't come back online? Well, they're coming back 
but slowly, slowly, just going to take time. It's never going to be like it was like before Corona. I shouldn't say it's never going to be like it was before Corona, but everything just takes time to come back. Mm -hmm. So you just have to go with the flow, have to go with the flow. And a lot of entertainers just went online, but now things are starting, are starting to come back. And actually, I've started doing the weddings again. So, but it's still just going to take time. So, Do you find yourself, are your weeks pretty booked, or do you have a lot of time in between that? Um, well, during my week, I, I, uh, daytime, I try to keep things open for other Christian um, volunteering group things that I do. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep those open because I'm on a group called uh, Prison Ministry and Refugee Ministry. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep the days open for that. Yeah, so. You were just telling me prior to the <laughs> podcast that you're right. getting overwhelmed in a way with all of the people that you're having to deal yes, with. Yes, yes, yes. In Shinagawa every day there's about 100 people applying for refugee. 100 people every day. So I feel sorry for the people working there. <laughs> and about 50 of them calling me for accommodations. I shouldn't say 50. It seems like 50. Probably about 10. Right. calling me for accommodations. When I go there, people don't have the forms filled out right and they just need help filling Where out Where are they the coming forms. from? Do there's any particular place they're coming from more than others? Sri Lanka, more from Sri Lanka, and you have a lot now from Pakistan, Bangladesh. And I was surprised that I didn't see before a lot of people from Cam Cambodia. Are these Cambodia. people, most of, are they able to speak at least English? Um, about, probably half. Okay, because I would speak. assume hardly none of them would speak Japanese. Um, no, just uh, some that were students that are applying for refugee. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that just speak some, but most, no, cannot speak English. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, actually, if you can't speak English, if you don't bring someone who speaks English with you, it's hard to apply. I would think so. And then you need an address in Japan before you can apply, and you need proof of the address gas bill, light bill, something like that. So most of the time the problem is accommodations. They don't have any. Yeah, don't have any. And you have the Japan Association for Refugees, but they're swamped and overwhelmed too. Do you know so. what they do with the people that don't have a legit address? I mean, they, thousands, I'm sure someone goes to find these people. Um, what do they do? Are they, exp you know, deporting them or something? No, or no, no. You just have that. to get that in before your visa expires. Oh, I see. Okay. So a lot of times you can use Japan Association for Refugees. You can use their address. I see. If people know about the group, but a lot of people don't know about the group, so I try to tell as many people okay. as possible about it. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult, but somehow, hopefully, it works out. Probably not for everybody, but yeah. <laughs> Alex, before I end the podcast, there's a question I always like to ask my right. guests. Mm -hmm. Knowing what you know now, right? if you could go back in time and mm. meet the young Alex right. to give him advice, uh. how old would you be mm. and what advice would you give him? Uh, I would say stay more in Jesus Christ. How old are you? I'm probably just before coming to Japan, so probably be like 23 or 24. And think about your future and try to stay in Christ because I fell away. I was always a believer, but sin comes, sin comes into your life and you're human. So I would try, come on now. Think of what you're doing before you do it. And that's what I would tell myself.
think of what you're doing before you do it. Thank you so much, Alex. No, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed. And I know I'm blessed completely. I'm giving my blessings away to everybody who's watching it. I'm giving the blessings away in Jesus' name. Amen.